Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you could meet a little early today. Yes. Doing the Ticketmaster thing. And for The Cure, actually, right? Yeah, my wife wanted to see The Cure, and I like The Cure, too. And you know, they haven't had a new album in 15 years, so, but, so everybody's kind of speculating. Maybe this is in advance of a new album or something. Um, so anyways, we're, we're, the Ticketmaster has this uh, lottery they're doing for certain bands because The Cure was, I guess, very adamant about not wanting a Taylor Swift situation, and they don't want scalpers just buying up all the tickets. So you have to pre-register as a fan it's just you give them your your email address or whatever and then they put you into a lottery and then what they do is a couple days before the tickets go on sale if you're picked for that lottery they send you an email with a special code that you have to go in into the ticket buying queue 10 minutes before they go on sale and then use that that is only good for you tickets are completely 100 percent non-transferable so you can't scalp them you can't and if you wanted to sell them to a, another person that you know or something you know it, it has to be at face value you can't increase the price on these things so i guess the Ticketmaster is trying to you know alleviate some of these problems they've been having but they still suck my concert going crew wanted to go see madonna she released a new whatever and apparently this tour she's going to do all her music so it's like a trip down memory lane for madonna and she would be great to go and see and all of the rest and uh this happened after the taylor swift incident mm -hmm. as well so we're like all right let's you know let's make sure that we're in line and in line quote unquote and like you know all ready to go and we went and we showed up early and we kept refreshing and all of us were in contact with one another and like all right we have different ips and as soon as one of us came and it just there was nothing like and by the time you got to the tickets being locked down they would disappear or the site would crash uh, there'd be an issue or there'd be a whatever and we ended up just getting really disillusioned from the whole process and we're like all right i guess we're not going to go see the madonna concert and then when i heard about the cure coming i heard that it kind of came with some stipulations uh to not uh, uh have the tickets be sold at higher than face value but apparently there's local laws which can prohibit that in california there's two states sh yeah or new york or something that. like that yeah, yeah or not, illinois no, i think yeah it's somewhere in the midwest i think illinois and and so, I mean, I guess you're trying to do something, but there's still going to be large amounts, millions of people, I guess, that are probably still. It seems so strange to Pearl Jam was right. Pearl Jam was Eddie Vedder was right way back in the day. I think it was like the late 90s or the early 2000s. He's like, Ticketmaster is just garbage. It's horrible yeah. the way that you have to go and see a band and jump through all these hoops. And it's such an expensive process. And now with like scalpers and mm -hmm. uh, like uh, an entire industry of buying and selling tickets has kind of like come yeah. out the whole and resale industry is crazy those tickets are so expensive to any event that you want to go to i remember waiting for events back in years ago you'd have to actually line up out in yeah. front of the i don't i guess it was Ticketmaster back in the 80s and 90s but um yeah having to sit out there and wait i remember the longest I waited was like five hours, and I thought that was a long time. You know, sat outside of there. Uh, there were people who waited overnight for certain shows. You know? Right, they'll pitch a tent and they'll sleep yeah. on the street <laughs> to save their spot in line, or they'll hire someone to stand. In line. Those people deserve 
if you get tickets to go <laughs> see their band. Do, like, are those the people that deserve those to go? Those are your super fans. Those are your super yeah. fans. Yeah. And that's that's who you're trying to reach with a concert. But it really does. It makes it such a business and it it's so it's such a disassociation from your favorite artists if you yeah. like all these political reasons stopping you from being able to go see them live. I just saw where Metallica just bought their own record pressing vinyl record pressing factory. Oh, a la Jack White. Exactly. Yeah. In mm -hmm. fact that's where I learned about it was from his Instagram. He he posted about that. So I thought that was kinda cool. Now they are going to be pressing their own records or they literally have a record pressing factory? Well, they have the factory, so I assume they're going to be pressing their own, but they'll probably also sub that out because, or, you know, for other people who want Why not? records pressed. So, so the return to records, is this like another small step towards getting away from like everything being <laughs> digital? Well, you know, the, the funny thing is, is it seems like the, the step towards records has been happening. You know, there's nothing new for the past five, six years maybe, people mm -hmm. have really been kind of returning to this. But it seems like in the last couple years, especially since COVID or during COVID, all of a sudden everybody got really interested in vinyl and everybody is always, you know, oh, it's such a warmer sound. And I guess. I think <laughs> you're telling yourself that. <laughs> maybe real like audio files or something. But so during COVID, one of the first projects I made during that my lockdown series was a record stand because... I got a record player for Christmas. That's right. And it was fun and nostalgic, and I got to pull out all my old records, but now I, I took that down and I put it all into storage because it's, to me, it's a novelty, but it's not practical because you have to keep getting up, you have to change mm. the album. And I know a lot of people really like that whole, you know, ritual of it, but man, it's so much easier just to put on a Spotify playlist. And it takes up such a footprint now in your yeah. actual space to have your music be like, oh, this is my music, and it needs yeah. to take up a three by three space in my home. Yeah. Go like you said, going up and records, and then when you dance too much, it skips the record. Yeah. But. <laughs> hey, I want to I want to talk about YouTube Premium for a minute. You sent me a thing about a price rate uh, increase. Yeah, apparently I this was announced back in October. I didn't see it. Somehow I missed it. I'm usually I try to stay up on most YouTube news, but somehow this one went past my radar. So I got an email this morning saying that my my family plan to YouTube Premium is raising from the current 14.99 I'm paying very reasonable to 22.99, which is so basically $15 to $23. That's I Figured that's a 53% wow. increase in the it's family plan. So here's the thing. My my first thought was, shit, that is pretty aggressive price increase. But then I got to looking into it, and apparently I'm pretty unusual for paying $14, $15 a month. I must have been grandfathered in at a lower price because I, I got in right in 2015 when YouTube Red came out. And that transitioned into premium. And so I think most people today have been paying $17.99, 18 bucks a month. Yeah. And so for them, that's only a 28% price increase, which sort of makes sense because, again, looking past the headline <laughs> in my email, the individual plans for just a single person are going to remain the same, which is $11.99. So I, I got to stop saying this 99 business because that's just annoying. So tw $12 is yes. your individual plan. And again, this is in the U.S. I'm not sure what it is in Canada. So $12, you figure two people on that would be 
$24. So if you got two people, you would still be cheaper to get the family plan at $23. So you'd save a dollar if you have two people. And so that sort of makes sense. I get why they wouldn't be increasing the individual plan then. It sort of brings that family plan into a more reasonable level. And here I I sound like a YouTube spokesman now. Well, because there's good value. I I submit that if it was $29, you'd probably still be like, yeah, it is worth it. Do you use the music? Do you use the YouTube music service? Not really. I mean, only if I want to, you know, see a video or something of some band I'm interested in. Right. I don't actively use it the way I use Spotify. But it's worth it just for the sake, and I'll say this myself because I agree, it's worth it just to not have to deal with ads yeah. anymore on YouTube. I haven't and seen 20, an ad since $25, yeah. yeah. Even even off passive viewing, even off of just sitting down with someone and like, hey, you know, I, I got my phone, I want to show you a video, and then you have to sit for 30 seconds through the seven videos, and it's like, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Skip video. All right, there we go. Now you can watch the I video. can't even imagine it. I, I have, it's been since 2015. I haven't watched a single ad on YouTube. I love it. You, you don't, you have no idea what to buy. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what games to buy or anything, I guess, because I'm not being fed. I don't, I really don't even know what kind of ads they show on there. That's how out of the loop I am with ads on YouTube. But anyways, I would recommend if you're, if you use YouTube a lot, if you watch YouTube a lot, to do yourself a favor and yeah. get the premium. And 12 bucks for a single person, 12 bucks a month. Yeah. So worth it. How much is Netflix now? Well, they just raised their price too, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember what it is. I, I don't know how much I pay for these things. That's kind of frustrating. I should probably know that, but I don't. They just show up and I, you know, it's all auto pay. And I use Netflix as the bar. Like I figure if I'm willing to pay $15 a month or whatever mm-hmm. it is for Netflix for maybe like two or three shows, right. then $25 for YouTube to never see an ad uh, before uh, before a video, I find is a pretty solid investment. And I also, I, I slim down all the other ones, all the smaller things yeah. for it. Just like, oh, I like this one show. So I go and get the Peacock Network or a this or a that. No, not anymore. I will, I will just miss out on that piece of content if it is not <laughs> on like the three services. Yeah, I mean, you kind I'm, of have to put it into perspective. I guess if you... Because we would do the same thing. We would subscribe to one of these services for one particular yeah. movie or something they were having. Then we wouldn't watch anything else. And I would think, well, was that one movie worth, you know, $14 or whatever they wanted a month? And so then and now what I do is I just I go in and out of these services all the time. If I yeah. I'll kind yeah. of assess them and I think, well, we're not really watching. I, I had Paramount Plus wasn't mm-hmm. watching it stopped it maybe yeah. they'll come up with something that's good at some time and i might re-up they make it really easy to just come back into these you know you, you don't get the free month any longer but you still yeah. could just dive right in it's not like they're going to turn you away like no we don't like you coming in and out of our service we're going to penalize you <laughs> no, it's very true and i think that's how a lot of people kind of treat it we we only got apple tv because it had the uh, the Charlie Brown, the Peanuts, oh uh, right, uh, movies on it, yeah. and Riley just went through like a brief, <laughs> literally like a two month stage of just loving everything Peanuts. Yeah. So we had it for two months, and then as soon as she was done, it's like we got to move on from Apple. And it was actually after that 
subscription to moving on from that subscription, then I'm like, I'm not gonna do that just for like one piece of content. Quite often, if you just go to YouTube, you can just rent a one-off movie and you don't have to subscribe yeah. to anything. You yeah, can or just go. Prime too, Prime yes. is, is that way. We rent actually rent quite a few movies on there. You can, you know, a lot of times they're only after uh, pretty new movies if, uh, are, you know, $3 or something to rent, yeah. it's not bad. And Prime's investing in there. I, I, I like what I, I'm watching more of the Prime stuff than yeah. it was a couple of years ago. It seemed yeah. like it was just a little garbagey a few years ago, but they're really investing in it. Uh, one of the other things that I emailed you about was that I bought Instagram followers. I got to hear about this. So I was going to do it just because I was super curious because uh, anybody with an Instagram account has probably gotten the, like, if you post a certain hashtag on a picture. Uh, Promote get, it. Right. Promote it on yeah. at something, something, something. I noticed, especially for podcast, if you use a hashtag podcast. Podcast. That yeah. seems to be the big one. And sometimes if I use like hashtag YouTube or something like that. Anyways. So it's promoted on a thing. So um, I've been so disillusioned with Instagram over the past little while. I built up the l large, quote unquote, large following that I had, like the 10,000 followers that I have. I built like years ago when we used to always put the plugs of Instagram in our videos. So I built up a pretty, um, I don't know what the word is, but like a, an older audience, like a more established yeah. Legacy. Audience. Legacy <laughs> was the word I was looking for. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> So I have this legacy audience. And um, so I, I get that m most of the people just like followed me or, or signed up at the time because they were interested in what I was doing with Clean My Space. And granted, since then, I, I'm clearly more interested in doing some other things on my Instagram account, but I find it impossible to grow. I, I really find it impossible to uh, even get exposure on things now. I find Instagram's like one of the slowest view count like mm -hmm. apparently you're, if you have a you have a hundred thousand followers and you can post something it gets you know, viewed 500 times that is some serious throttling <laughs> yeah that wasn't there before like even a year yeah. ago you you got things which were pretty relative to your audience size and and all of the rest so i i just kept getting more and more frustrated and i probably quite like you have been recently like i don't even care i'm just literally going to post what i want to post and I, I don't care if it gets 30 likes because it's just like this is what i like to post and I'm yeah gonna stop with just it. a fun thing and i kept seeing the little follower number drop and again <laughs> i don't care right because i don't yeah. care but for some reason i keep paying attention <laughs> for to some this number dropping care. and keep thinking about the fact that it used to grow and it used to be like great because i'll just the next video will come out and i'll get a few hundred new followers or something and now all those dates are gone now it's just the negative numbers and mm -hmm. i look on social blade and i just see a, a blue some followers steve so <laughs> so i panicked <laughs> <laughs> and i posted uh i posted uh a, 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 i went to that trade show i mentioned that in the last podcast yeah. it was in chicago so i just posted a thing in chicago because part of the like me going to the thing was like posting it on a thing so i posted it with a bunch of hashtags from chicago in this chicago based instagram account uh, which was exactly that sent me a, a private message being like hey bro <laughs> said bro <laughs> hey bro saw your post about chicago it's really hot times if you want to promote it da, 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 da. you can come promote it over on whatever and he had take or they had already taken the uh 
the video that I had made and a picture that I had taken and they put it in their stories. Uh -huh. uh, but when I went to their stories, they apparently do this. Anybody who uses the hashtag, they go and grab the story, they share it on the thing and then they get interested and then they're like, hey, if you want to get promoted and then they start talking to you and then when they're talking to you, it's like, hey, we can also get you followers. And he was like, mm. hey, uh, the package is I get. I, uh, oh, I uh, see. Yeah, it's a package. So There's like 100, 100 likes on your on your on your content. And, he, and he's like, and I'll get you 2000 followers. I'm like, okay. So I was like at 12,900 followers and I just dipped below 13. I'm like, 13 is the final number that I'm going to see it dip below. I'm going to do something about it. <laughs> so I'm like, how much is this? And the guy was like, it's 22 bucks. Like it's such a random number for 2000 followers and a hundred likes. And I don't have any point of reference so I yeah i wasn't like oh that's way too much money i mean that sounds like a really good deal for two thousand followers so i'm like all right i'll just give it so i asked him two things kind of knowing the question to both or the answer to both i said yeah. uh will these followers engage in my content mm -hmm. as in like whatever <laughs> and he's like oh yeah bro engage sure bro he sounds like a real personable kind of guy you know he calls uh, you bro <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the second question um, was, can I, can my account be suspended or, or like, uh, can I, can I risk losing my account by, by doing this? He's like, no, bro. <laughs> no. Yeah. Cool. And I realized what a stupid question. Cause that's going to be like, oh yes, there is quite a danger. Right? <laughs> you really don't want to be risking it on this. But again, no. I'm at the point where I really yeah. don't care. Like I, I get that. Like I put all the effort I can put into it and mm -hmm. I'm not getting traction just by being creative. Let's put it that way. So I'm like, I'm going to buy my way to the top. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> so he's like, he sent me a PayPal link or Venmo, I think was the other thing that I could have done. <laughs> kids and um so i sent off 22 dollars us so yeah. it's like 59 dollars canadian and um uh within, literally within an hour the guy gave me a message back thanks bro i'll you know just hang on i was like all right so like what does this do like over the next like week i'm just going to see a slow dribble no -uh. i literally refreshed that bad boy and in just batches of like 300 at a time over the course of like 20 <laughs> seconds New and I would click wow. through all of them. They were all brand new accounts that yeah. had all been set up. Um, I think they're at the point now where they use just AI pictures, so it's no more. You don't need to go mm -hmm. uh, searching for uh, like random pictures of people right. on the internet to whatever. You can probably just set these accounts up so quickly. So, anyways, it, the builds are all up, and within probably but like less than an hour, I had fourteen thousand. So follow me on Instagram, fourteen thousand nine hundred followers. Um, all of which do not engage. They don't do <laughs> nothing. They're no. all bots. Yeah. And I realized that as soon as you go to someone's profile and you click on their followers and you can see the list of followers, mm -hmm. all of the top followers kind of have that same, mm -hmm. like you click through and it all has that same vibe. So you can very quickly see um, that like a number is, is, is being faked. So yeah. he right after that was like, bro, what do you think? Bro, pretty good, right? <laughs> and then he copy and pasted this massive message uh -huh. saying, if you want 10,000, 20, 100,000 yeah. followers. And da, da, da. and it got me to think. How much is 100,000? Do, do you remember? It was cheap, man. It was like 150 bucks. Yeah. Like yeah. the scale, like he was offering me at the end, it, like because I'd stopped answering his uh, messages, mm -hmm. I just told him, like, I, I'm going to 
chill for a bit. I want to put some space in between like bot followers if I'm going to buy followers again. Mm -hmm. And like I kind of more so did it just as like a, just to see what was going on and all of the rest. And uh, yeah, it, it was it was quite funny because um, I got the followers. They don't engage and um, I'm 22 bucks out. That's really interesting how that how that works. And it's probably just some guy, you know, so, it, india or something or you know this is just the way he makes money makes has a hundred thousand new accounts that he builds mm -hmm. and then he goes out there and tries to hustle in dms to try to get 15 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever is it just like automated how these accounts are set up and how how does that work or is it actual physical person sets up each account and the Do you have to have those as individual people and individual email addresses to set up a separate account? Or I, don't I know. think they're all set up and then you just have like a group of 10,000 accounts that you've just set up. And then I, I'm sure there's either a batch program or yeah. something like a piece of custom software that they write just to be like, all right, once this person, I mean, the, like I said, the, the how quickly the volume came was yeah. remarkable. It wasn't like <laughs> him phoning up a bunch of people and being yeah. like, oh, follow this guy. It was literally, it looked like just a button press huh. on his end wow i was halfway expecting you to say that he just ditched you after you sent him the money you know that nothing happened and that's what i was expecting i figured 22 dollars yeah. was a fair and i was also like if i tell this guy like no nah, i'm not interested in anything else will he just retract like will he like go and oh, just right. like suck up? but yeah. then i thought about it from his end like he doesn't like whatever to him it doesn't matter because it's a bunch of accounts that he it's not like he has to follow like he's just yeah he's just filling fake accounts with follows so his his service is done. I can always tell these accounts. The biggest one, the biggest thorn in my side for the past 15 years is Ted's Woodworking. And you've heard me talk about Ted's mm -hmm. Woodworking. This is the world's largest affiliate sales on ClickBank. ClickBank is this uh, like a clearinghouse of affiliate sales. Anybody can go there and it's huge. It's huge. Old it's, school too. ClickBank was is. like literally one of your, a commission junction and ClickBank yep. were like one of the original. And it's so many of them are just these real scammy, shady things. And Ted's Woodworking is their number one affiliate. And that's because anybody can sign up for this thing and they're really aggressive on spam, on how to spam, even though ClickBank, and I contacted ClickBank years ago when I was doing research into all of this and trying to get this thing shut down. Man, they are not responsive at all. Even though, <laughs> And I would say on their terms of service, you know, here's what it says. You say you can't be spamming people. You can't be using third-party content, all this stuff. But And Ted's Woodworking does all of that stuff. And ClickPank, they wouldn't do a thing because that's their, their biggest moneymaker. But I can see these Instagram pages that show up. And I get, I get notices from people all the time who tell me, Hey, I saw, isn't this your video <laughs> on yep. this, on this channel? I'm going, yeah, sure enough. Somebody's taken my stuff and they put it on an Instagram and it's like, you know, Larry's backyard shop or something. And they have these names that sound sort of legit and you go and I look at them and it's like 125,000 followers. And I'm like, what the, who is this guy? What? And I look, oh, there's no original content. And mm. as soon as you look at their bio, it's like 16,000 woodworking plans go to, you know, mm. this link. And then you look at the comments on all of these things and there are none. So you got 125,000 followers. Yeah. There should be somebody, if those are legit followers, they should be following, they should be responding and interacting. <laughs> it's just crickets in these. And, but people still, I don't know, they, they fall for it, I guess. So I, I think nobody's, I hope that out of that 125,000 followers, 
there's a very small fraction of people who are actually following this channel, but maybe they think, well, it's a legit channel. It's got 125,000 followers. I mean, and, and that's kind of the whole thought of it. I went to the the Instagram account of the person who was selling the the follows and they have 53,000 followers. So if you were to see it, yeah. you'd just be like, yeah, I mean, this looks legit. Look, they got followers. It looks like they can probably offer followers and then you get the followers. But I guess more so what I'm getting at is it really kind of puts a blanket on like what a follower actually means and how yeah. how important it is to go to someone's Instagram account and be like, oh, well, they have 112,000 followers. That means something because I don't think that means anything anymore. Instagram has, I've been using it since 2012. That's when I first posted on Instagram when it was just photos, you know, mm. and it was a fun thing. It was kind of supplemented my YouTube channel a little bit. But I, you know, I mentioned I was at that conference last week, which was a lot about social media, that Workbench Con, <laughs> and and most of the people there were Instagrammers, and I, I get this feeling that they're just so exhausted. It just looks so exhausting to constantly be having to have a content posting strategy, and you have to post your reels, and it's just video is all they post, but you have to yeah. do it on a constant, constant churning out of videos on there for very little reward. And uh, to me, that's the part that I can't really buy into. As much work as Instagram requires you to put in to have like a really organically growing page, what exactly are you getting out of that? It just doesn't seem commensurate. And uh, getting exposure now on Instagram is really tough. I literally had a friend over yesterday, we were doing a collab video. I won't mention any names just in case people from Instagram are listening and after they cancel my account, they'll cancel his account. <laughs> he didn't buy followers by the way, but he has like 700,000 of them. He's yeah. like, and Instagram is his main kind of outlet. That's where most people kind of know him from. And he'll post uh, videos because you need to post videos now because remember back in the day when you used to post pictures? You don't <laughs> post pictures anymore. No. You have to post reels because if you dare try to post three pictures, they'll be like, you want to turn this into a reel and add some yeah. music, some trending music to it? Um, so he uh, goes and does exactly that, adds music and da-da-da and makes all the wonderful, really engaging reels. And now he's just experiencing unbelievably... Uh, harsh throttling on all of his posts. Hmm. Uh, he'll no, not, not all of his posts, but every so often he'll randomly post something that literally gets one fiftieth the engagement. Yeah. And I've seen this happen on Instagram as well, even to my much smaller scale. Where I'd post something that would just normally get like a hundred likes or whatever, uh, five thousand views or something like that, and it just a post to reel, and like it'll get four views in an hour. Like intentionally whoa. like, whoa, is this even like, and you delete it and then re-upload it and see if something's wrong. Uh, and I thought it was just me for the longest period of time. I thought it was just me working with an Instagram account, which was, you know, uh, like a legacy account, as you pointed out earlier, like just like an older one where of course you're not going to get that type of engagement, but such is not the case. So I also have access to a couple of young, new Instagram accounts, which are growing and da, 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 da. And the exact same thing is happening. You'll post something and it'll just be cricket so i have no idea what's going on over at instagram or what their direction is i'm looking through my reels right now on instagram and just looking at the numbers of views and they're 
there's nothing really large. I would say there's like 11,000, 14, 20,000. I would say like if I had to guess the average number of views on a reel is 20,000. And that's with 103, how many followers do I have? 103,000 followers. Um, but it also, that's over time because I don't post them very often. <clears throat> Uh, I mean, when you have had some of the videos get hundreds of thousands of views and way back in the day, again, at a time that I think that they were throttling views. Yeah, here, as I go down, 80,000 views, 490,000 views, 1.2 million, 3.6 million. You're on Instagram, right? I'm on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I've had, I've had a few, few good ones, but yeah, you're right. That was a while back. I've had some. And that was a time that you could, you would see, you were posting content which wasn't woodworking related, so you clearly saw a, a, a slower engagement on that. That made perfect sense if you posted mm -hmm. a podcast thing or whatever, but you would be able to post some quality woodworking content and it would get whatever, reasonable engagement for having yeah. 100,000 followers. You get 100,000 views on it or it'd be something that would be thrown into the recommended engine to try to whatever. And I don't even know what that looks like now. How do you, how yeah. do you grow and whatever when you don't even have a chance to be kind yeah. of discovered on their platform? I think what I'm enjoying more with Instagram, actually, especially since I got back from the conference is because I started following a lot of new people that I met there is the remember when social media was called social networking yeah <laughs> and I, I kind of feel like this is a great platform for that to really just chat with people yeah. their dming works really well everybody's on the dm you know if you need to contact somebody and the stories are kind of fun to follow but i have to only look at instagram as just a fun way of being social with people and connecting with people. And if people, you know, tag me, I'll, I'll look at their post and like it and leave a comment or whatever. And I kind of think that's an old school way of looking at Instagram, but I don't see Instagram as a money-making machine for me or even mm. really part of my business plan, really. We, we started on Instagram because it seemed like the first platform which was really going to be like, hey, this is truly kind of behind the scenes. This is really just like some pictures of the creator that I know and you know now they're over here and this is kind of like more of a personal or like behind the scenes that's what we liked about it or at least that's what we were trying to do and that was our selling feature for clean my space where it's like yeah you can still get some information and, and all of the rest but like you can follow us and see what what else is going on or, or get like some extra value out of this yeah. and then everybody just was like this was the short that did well on youtube so i'm just going to put it everywhere else mm -hmm. and and it's getting away from content which is specifically for the platform and we're just moving into the TikTok space of just like the content right. that just like appeals to people and we had this conversation where it's like uh, the content is taking away the joy of the hobby or the activity or the yeah. actual thing. And to your point about WorkbenchCon, a bunch of people going to talk woodworking and you spend the majority of your time worrying about what you're gonna post or like how, <laughs> yeah. how many likes your thing is gonna get or whatever. And it, it really does, I take, it's gotta take away from the joy of woodworking and just going and connecting with other woodworkers. With that, yeah, well, and you know, to be fair, that's the that was the point of the conference is it was a social media event kind of for, makers and woodworkers so i mean it wasn't for average 
hobbyists who don't have an online presence who just like to, you know, Hey, I want to check out some new tools or some mm -hmm. new techniques or anything. It wasn't that sort of a conference. So it was definitely geared towards content creators. Um, and it, there's a lot of them. Do you, you want to hear another frustrating ad thing that I got? Okay, so I'm not an ad thing. I'm trying to get sponsors for my newsletter and I've had a number of sponsors so far and it's really great. It's a super thing. You know, the pitch is great. I'm like, I am guaranteeing that you'll get, I send this out to right now, 267,000 people. It has a 45 to 47% open rate. You know, you're looking at a hundred over a hundred and what 20,000 eyeballs are going to see your ad. It's not like YouTube where it's a guess or who knows what's going to happen. These are people who are actually going to see your ad and I can write something about it too. And it's just, it's all part of the newsletter. It fits in really nicely. So I've been approaching some people who I think would be good fits for it. You know, I'm not going to go after HelloFresh or something like that. More than likely, it's got to be something related to the the wood to the newsletter. So I contacted this. Uh, I don't even know if I should mention them. Maybe I should. Well, there's a company that sells. A, it's probably the one of the biggest companies other than Woodcraft is one of these companies. There's a competitor to theirs who sells woodworking tools and supplies specifically for woodworkers. And it's an online presence. They actually have some physical stores too. So I contacted them and I'm like, this would be a great fit. You want to, you know, would you be interested in taking out an ad in this newsletter? <laughs> they came back and they said, no, we're not. But what we are interested in doing is just sending out a specific uh, ad ad just for us, just a, an email from just from us using your mailing list. Oh, <laughs> they wanted to send out their own ad, nothing from me, just from them to like my entire newsletter. I'm like, wow, what a better way to destroy a newsletter yeah. and confidence. I'm like, I tell people all the time. It's like, there's, there's no way I'm going to be selling your information to third parties or any of this stuff. I was, what were they thinking? How sleazy is that? I mean, <laughs> I mean, if they come with enough money, Steve, come on, how much would they give you? They could <laughs> give you, they really can't not in this situation. And you know that I can only imagine how many people would, just drop out of that mailing list if I could you imagine just, just suddenly get an ad like a out of the blue no context and it had nothing to do with you it was like no. clearly just an ad and you had sold someone's email address you're receiving this ad because you're signed up to the woodworking right. from your mortal and you know they sponsor a lot of youtubers but I, and I got to thinking about it and I'm not sure how much of the because I see them a lot but I, I think they're almost all affiliate sales is what they're doing. They're interested in influencers promoting them and then giving them a small percentage of the sales, you know. I have a question for you. How much spam email do you get in your inbox? Well, it goes into a spam filter, so I'm not really sure. I get So you don't uh, even uh, notice it now. Well, I guess that kind of genuine spam, but I get plenty of promotions. offers for for you know can you promote our stuff usually i get those when i wake up in the morning because they're sent from china and there's they want me to do 
promote their new laser cutter machine or, or something like that. And they, they all will say, you remember we had Robert Dunn on and he went through that. He, he actually followed through on a couple of those and got these really cheap lasers. <laughs> and, and it would be, and it is pretty awesome because you can make some great content out of it. But my larger point being, uh, are there promotions that you get? I take it you use uh, Gmail. So you yeah. probably have the now the promotions tab, right. which takes mm -hmm. all of the promotions, separates them from the spam, which is great. Like this is the stuff mm -hmm. I didn't sign up for. This is the stuff that I did sign up for. Do you now, when you go through your promotions, have a promotions which you still sign up for, but you, for the most part, delete most of the communications that they send you? Yeah, um, and most of them are probably that way. Can you think of one or a couple that literally almost sends you an email every single day, but you still continue to be like, I find value in some of these emails, <laughs> so I continue to go down this yeah, path? Maybe, I think you're right. And I'm think I bring this up because we, and probably the people listening to this podcast, are of a generation that, you know, kind of remember when you gave your email address, that there was a level of, understanding and respect as far as spam is concerned mm -hmm. um and like how often to like message someone and you right. have a newsletter you've built this newsletter up over how many years now mm, the newsletter has been two years now two years of dedicated effort of not like slipping up and making sure every single time you press that send button is there value for these people and i know because you pour over your your yeah. letters and i know you put so much work into it so i'm just doing this for the sake of people who are listening you put so when you send something out you're like there needs to be value in this i'm conflicted because i wonder if there's an entire generation of just that's the norm like the mm -hmm. norm is when you like Vessi shoes, you sign up to get Vessi emails and you understand that every single day, Vessi will send you an email. Now we have the mentality of, well, it's not clogging my inbox. It just goes to my promotions folder and I love Vessi shoes. So sooner or later, I'll, I, I wanna go over to that tab and see a promotion when I am deciding to buy, or I will go over there and be compelled to buy because I will see a promotion. However, my old, like the cadence that I was comfortable with back in the day is, seems to be much different than what it is now. And all of this came about because uh, we've been contemplating SMS messaging, advertising, mm -hmm. like literal text messaging. Right. And we poo-pooed, not poo-pooed the idea, but we have tabled this idea at Makers Clean several times over the past two years. We've taken calls with people, we've listened to the statistics, we know that whatever. Our North Star was always, it's just annoying. Who wants to get a text message with a promotion or even just like, oh, it's time to do this and da da da. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I hate, I hate it, I hate it, I absolutely hate it. But I'm now speaking with creators who do it or like people who do it or people in business who do it. And they're like, it's the most valuable stream yeah. that we have. It's way more important now than our old email newsletter because email has moved into this category of like a little more junkier as much as mm -hmm. it always has been junk. It's even junkier than that now because the percentages in the opens, but a message, a text message to someone that instantly connects. Anyways, we would always go through and be like, we don't want to annoy our customers. We don't want to bug people. We don't want people to unsubscribe and da, da, da. And now we literally find ourselves close to being like, okay, well, let's go through with this because clearly there are people who want this. You're going to opt into that. 
So it's not like you're unsoliciting, you know, sending stuff to their phone number. You're going to ask, do you want yes. SMS messages on your phone? And they just click, yeah. And so the, so I, I got one of these from uh, Plunge. Have you seen these ads for the Plunge pool? Oh, or it's cold like a Plunge. Cold Plunge, yeah. And there's just a, a brand called Plunge. Or I think it's The Plunge or something. Or it might be cold plunge. I don't know. <laughs> That's how bad I am about the brand. But I thought, oh, that looks cool. And so I, I looked for more information on their website, kind of think, maybe, I don't know. I'm a little intrigued. And then it had a thing on there. Do you want to receive, get on our email list or SMS messaging? And I'm like, I don't know. Let's try that. I'll do the SMS, you know, message. And I still get them. And it's not regular. I think they do a pretty good job of sending out kind of timely they'll send out like here's a new article you might be interested in on the benefits of cold plunge and um it's not too obtrusive i would say more than once a week i don't mm -hmm. think i get to these things but i notice if i go and i look at their website or somehow in any way i engage with something i'll almost immediately get a text from them so somehow those two things are connected in a way and i'll probably unsubscribe from it here pretty soon because i doubt if i'm really gonna buy one of these things but i think that it's not i don't feel like it i don't feel any ill will towards them because i asked for this right, right. <laughs> It's, it's me, you know, who actually signed up for it. It's the same with email newsletter too. And it's a simple thing. If you, if you don't, if the frequency is too much, you just unsubscribe. And that's, I've gone through certain periods where I've unsubscribed, you know, from lots of these things. I'm looking through my, my promotional tab on Gmail and I would guess 99% of the messages there are unread. I, they're just the bold, yeah. you know, but once in a while I'll click on something. I'm looking at like, <laughs> here's one from slide belt because I ordered a slide belt, which is really cool. I'm wearing a slide belt right now. They make a little clickety clack sound and they're, they're really fun. But they always have these, you know, promotions. All I just see is on the subject. I never open it. And so I always kind of think, well, maybe I should just like someday if I want to buy another belt, I'll open one of those up and get their promo code or whatever and, you know, yeah. save a few bucks. So again, we've like come to the point where it's like now there's not value in it, but like now you just kind of understand it's like, all right, well, thankfully, because it just goes into the promotions folder and it doesn't like, I yeah. don't need to whatever. It's not a big I'm, deal. I'm much... I, I'm much better with them just emailing me every day because I can just ignore it. Yeah. So it's just kind of confusing, not confusing, but it ends up being challenging from our side because we're so used to not wanting to like interfere or intrude or like you say, like send something out that people will be like, ah. Yeah. I mean, what would happen? Maybe, maybe you would send it, make all the money from it and no one would unsubscribe because no one would just open it and they would move on from it. It's a, it's a really low intrusive thing. Even back... Many years ago, when there was junk mail, you would get in your postal mails, yeah. snail mail, you would get a lot of junk mail. And I remember hearing people saying, I hate this so much. And I'm going to, you could fill out a certain form to supposedly yeah. take you off these mm -hmm. lists. And I always thought, what is it? What difference does it make? They're just wasting their money. It's not that big of a deal. I'm gathering up my mail. I go through it and I just throw it away. Is it that it's, it's such an easy thing to do. There's like way 
way bigger fish for me to fry than to worry about that sort of thing. And so I think that now with the promotional email, promotional text, it's a, a similar thing, except it's even better because you've opted into these yourself. The things that don't I don't like is, is when you get the unsolicited uh, emails, you know, but I just don't open them. I mean, it, again, it's not that big of a deal because I can tell if it's some brand or something that I'm not even familiar with, um, whoever has sold it to a third party. But even that practice has become so unethical that those are almost relegated to just spammers. And I think those fall into that spam folder, which I never see anyway. The filter between spam and like Google understanding what you engage with and what you, I mean, it's not a huge surprise. They have all of your history. <laughs> Imagine that. They know exactly what I'm doing um, at all times. And they know exactly how to advertise to me. I just get upset because sometimes I will specifically not check the button, the little box, which says, would you like to receive news and updates? Yeah. And they find, they still find ways to send uh, follow-up emails. Like I get on a drip of some sort and it's like, I made the purchase. And then I was like, no, I don't want news and updates. Don't, I don't want your friends. I don't want any of your other people. Don't sell my address, just send me my shoes and then end the transaction and send me an email with the receipt. But three days later I got the, hey, uh, did you like the purchase? Would you like to review them? It's like, oh, okay, I guess that isn't a news or an update, but they somehow got the ability to follow up with that particular email. And then there was one that I got, and this is recent, and this is why it's making me wave my fist at the clouds, is there was one that I got where I didn't open the, hey, did you rate our product email, which I didn't want in the first place. And then I got a reminder of the, email that they just like they sent a separate email two days later where they're like hey you didn't you didn't open the review and that was it it's like mm, that's i get that you didn't i get that you're not like news and it's not selling mm -hmm. me something but it's like you're still reaching out and contacting me when that's specifically not what i wanted yeah and as somebody who has a pretty extensive mailing list and for different purposes it really, I have a feeling a lot of those things slip through the cracks by people who don't use the software very well because you re it's really complicated to set up these email funnels and how a number of emails go out. You got to figure out, okay, if a person opted out of this, do we still send him this type of mm -hmm. message? And especially when you have multiple categories, it gets that tree branches out enormously and you need somebody who can really manage that. And I have a feeling some of that stuff is just because it's just poorly managed mailing lists. And no one really cares. There's no accountability. Like no one really gets a, a, a fine $10,000 for sending out spam emails. How dare you, <laughs> young man? Because I still get calls all the time on my phone from random yeah. people oh, who yeah. can like, yeah. oh, do you want your ducks cleaned? Or do you want to sign up for this thing? Or a, a free cruise? <laughs> like uh, I'm supposed to be able to like send this number to the authorities and to have these people arrested. <laughs> but no, 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 no. No one, no one does no. anything. I think we're still kind of in that post-COVID world of like, People are still driving really fast because they know that like there's not <laughs> cops that are just literally doing speed checks right now. And it's a lot of liberties being taken. And I don't like it being taken <laughs> with my email. <laughs> uh, they have Spotify comments, by the way. We said we wanted oh, to right. mention this in a podcast. Oh, that's so right. If you're listening to this podcast, um, when in about 10 minutes when this podcast ends... 
you uh what happens do you just get an alert at the end i haven't actually seen it pop up have you seen the question pop up after you it's underneath if you just you, they could leave it right now if they're listening to this on spotify oh. there it's uh, if you scroll down to the bottom of the 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 what do they call it the page you're watching or whatever you're listening to this on yep. it has like leave a reply or something like that and yeah i tested it out and it comes to us and it's kind of cool and so you know the, spotify is doing this stuff that i think podcasters have probably been wanting as somebody who's not really who, who hasn't been doing this very long i have a feeling podcasters have been wanting this kind of thing for a long time because a lot of podcasters are putting their stuff on YouTube just so that they can get some sort of interaction. Because for so long, Apple had a stranglehold on podcasts and now they're almost becoming irrelevant. In fact, they're removing features from Apple Podcasts, which is kind of interesting because I think everybody's just going to Spotify. Uh, and now the reporting and the the analytics on Spotify is much better and more in depth for podcasters. So yeah, it's actually very it's very positive, and I'm optimistic about what what yeah. Spotify seems to be doing, and just more engagement. So yes, if if you actually want to say you don't have to email us, you yeah, don't you have just to write something in yeah. there and, and let us and, know what you think, and leave your phone number, and we'll send you an SMS text message <laughs> we'll every you. time we upload a new video. <laughs> Hey, I see you're repping Bloodbath and Beyond. That's pretty cool. I didn't know you had that sweatshirt. I, I get, every time I wear this shirt, I get a compliment. Yeah, I'm a big fan of just shirts that make people be like, "Oh, that's cool." And this one is. Do you cool. find that people say, "Oh, why, why are you wearing Bed Bath and Beyond?" Because they don't yes. really look at it closely. Yes, I have had that. It's like that's a random. And then yeah. as they're saying it, they're looking and they're like, "That doesn't say bed." Yeah, I had somebody because I had one of those shirts and somebody told me, oh, I see. Is, is that a comment about Bed Bath & Beyond? That's a real smart like satire or something. Like <laughs> Someone thought you no, were like, it's a horror signaling or something. <laughs> I know it was funny, but I guess, you know, and it was funny because, you know, Jay, Blood Bath & Beyond, we've had on the show a couple of times. He uh, was always afraid that Bed Bath & Beyond was going to come out and file a cease and desist or something. And here they're going like, I think they're going bankrupt. They're going out of business or something now. So <clears throat> I guess he gets the, he, he wins that the one. Last laugh because Jay also got 100,000 subscribers on the channel. So as he wasn't posting anymore on that channel, which was a funny thing. He just, remember he said, I'm going to stop uh, posting on this yes. channel because it just, yeah. it, the number of subscribers to the number of views was such a because most people had subscribed based on maybe a couple of videos and he found that very frustrating and he just stopped at like ninety seven thousand yeah. subscribers up it was mm -hmm. crazy and he started a new channel and then he let that one just coast and it eventually got up to a hundred thousand subscribers where it sits today <laughs> <laughs> ah wonderful it's such a great story i i love that and i love my bloodbath and beyond red hoodie <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I hope he's all right. I got I to gotta talk to him. I haven't, I haven't seen any videos from him in a while, but I think he might have been getting a little exhausted by his routine. He's been doing a lot of these uh, reaction videos. He has a separate channel of just his own yeah. reacting to 80s movies, not horror movies, but just like classic movies that he feels like he should have watched, but he never did. And so that, that's kind of fun to watch those. 
Uh, yeah, and he seems to be putting a lot of work into uh, into that particular channel. Built that up to four thousand subscribers. Yeah, it's kind of fun. He'll it's just to see movies which you think everybody's seen these, but to him it's all fresh. You know, like Die Hard or Breakfast Club or whatever. Yes. All these, these old movies. He's like, I was spending all my time. You know, watching a very specific genre. <laughs> now, I probably should go back and watch these movies. Yeah, can we discuss something just super quick? Um, yeah. It's about um, assistance for influencers. Have we talked about this? I feel yeah. like we may have. I don't know. What does that mean? Uh, when you um, when you email when you email someone, and and you you get caught in assistant land. Where it's like, oh, Bob isn't oh. available right now, but I can schedule Bob's time for you. And it just ends up being a, such a such a painstaking experience to try to yeah, engage and organize something. And I, I, uh, I realized that we did that a while ago. We used to have a, not an mm -hmm. assistant, but like our manager handled all of our emails. So if you wanted to send a message to get it, and we realized after we left said manager how many brands came to us and were like it was a nightmare to work with you guys there was yeah. a lot of reasons we didn't even work with you guys because it was just so hard Same. to just get a straight answer or to whatever and we're thinking we're doing we're, we're thinking we're doing the right thing by coming across as this well-oiled machine which has like all of our you know whatever and you find out that like it, especially when you're an influencer and it's you who is the person who's out there there's a real want to connect with that mm -hmm. person. It's like this, the the celebrity vibe of like, oh, of course you're not going to deal directly with Barack Obama. You're probably going to be dealing with a whole bunch of assistants before you get to Barack Obama. But it's like, you know, you're an Instagrammer. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to hook up a collab. <laughs> and, oh, and I, this has been, I find this very frustrating and it's really hard for, uh, even scheduling people on the podcast for us and for my other podcast is when somebody has that gatekeeper, it's very yeah. frustrating. And when I, once in a while, I'll contact somebody who has got a huge following and they've got their actual email and they yep. respond. And I'm like, this is so refreshing. You can't believe how nice it is to just talk to somebody who actually understands. And I don't, and I, you're right. I did the same thing where I had somebody try to answer my email because I thought I wanted to be a big shot or something or feel like one. And then I really came down to it is I don't, those kind of email inquiries that I get like that aren't all the time. It's not like a, you know, five a day or six yeah. a day of these kind of inquiry, inquiries I get. So it's not that hard for me to respond to that kind of thing. And I think people, I think as a YouTuber, I like being able, I like that I'm accessible to people. It's not that big of a deal. It's not hard for me to maintain that level of interaction. Sometimes it may take me a day or two to respond to somebody if I've got other things mm -hmm. going on. But if it's something, you know, that's important to me, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely respond right to it. You might remember that back in the day, YouTube actually used to be the place that people went to because you could actually engage with the person that you were watching. Yeah. And then at some point, I think it was around 2017, everybody was like, now we're celebrities. So yeah. you can't talk to us anymore. Now we have an assistant or a secretary or a, ma a manager or a handler or someone who handles all of this for me. And we realize, especially now, uh, the 
the interest that we get from people when they realize they can talk directly to Melissa and Chad mm -hmm. from like the very, very get go. They hear us and they, you know, get the connection and the excitement. And it's not that we'll get, you know, I'll get back to Chad and I'll let you know what his thoughts are. Because yeah. it just feels so like, oh, I guess, okay, all right. I guess I'm just, I'll, I'll just sit and wait, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I'll go look for yeah. my own assistant. Yeah, I, I, YouTubers... I think in general would be better for themselves if they brought themselves down a couple of pegs. <laughs> you, and go answer some comments. <laughs> you're not, you know, a huge yeah. Hollywood celebrity or something. You're, you're a YouTuber. Well, judging by their surprised look in their thumbnails. <laughs> uh, <laughs> seriously, seriously. I remember for the first five years of our channel, the biggest thing that we got was people being like, I love that you just answer the comments. I love that you guys yeah. are here, you follow up, you don't just like whatever. And then it really did become a thing. And it still mm -hmm. kind of is a thing where you upload the thing and then stay kind of very distant from it. You just allow your piece of, because God forbid you, you know, leave a comment in the comments or answer a bunch of comments that would look like you're engaging with your <laughs> fans. Sully. Well, Chad, I'm going to go ahead and try to order those cure tickets now. I'll let you know next week if I if I get to go see the cure. If you go to get see the cure and or if you have no money left, how much are the tickets going to be? Oh, God. I see. That's another thing. I don't know. See, you <laughs> could no be doing idea. all of this and then you're going to check out. It's like $1,500. please. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I don't want to, uh, you know, if it's outrageously expensive, I'm not going to do it. I'm not a huge fan of the cure, you know. I know, but it is, that would be a, that's a pretty good concert. Yeah, it'd be a so. pretty big, big thing. Robert Smith of The Cure. Robert Smith of The Cure. From South Park. <laughs> Look, it's Robert oh, Smith yes, of The Robert Cure. Smith. <laughs> it was always Robert Smith of The Smith Cure. Of the Cure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what? Well, that's a perfect cliffhanger. We will find out next week the results of your <laughs> cure <laughs> ticket cure. purchase. Thank you for listening. Thank you.